You know, you guys know that I don't like double standards. You know this. And I, I, I can't think of one that I've seen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna read an article to you guys. And I just want you to listen to this. Just, I, I just want you to listen to this. This is from Fox News. Bar offers free, offers women free drinks based on how much they weigh. A bar in Dubai is making headlines over a promotion offering free drinks to women based on how much they weigh. Fusion Club located inside the Kissel's Al-Barsha Hotel says the more female customers weigh, the more free drinks they can get. Female patrons Female patrons can redeem the It's Good to Gain Weight promotion by either weighing themselves on a scale located inside the bar, or they can discreetly write their weight down on a piece of paper for the bartender. The written weight option does not require authentication, um, because the bar's management respects them. It pretty much respects lady the lady guests. Okay, women get one. Emirate dirham, it's uh, the United Arab Emirates currency, for every kilogram they weigh. A female patron weighing 150 pounds, for example, would get 68, uh, uh, pretty much $68 worth of free drinks, which is about $18.50 in U.S. dollars. Unfortunately for male customers, the drink special does not apply to them. Although we have a weighing machine at the bar entrance, we do not insist our guests to verify their weight. The uh, UAE club said it's said it believes in being different than the rest of the nightclubs and hotels and making our guests delighted. We wanted the ladies to surprise their partners and friends that it's good to gain weight, Kumar said. Though some outlets in Dubai reported that the public has mixed Responses to the drink promotion, the club said it has extended through the it has extended through the end of the year. We don't have to be we don't have to be serious on everything. Kumar said, "Dubai is a city for entertainment and fun. We never ask women to check their weight. We trust them and just serve them whatever number they wrote on the paper without asking questions. Therefore, we don't see any reason to feel any bad intention about the offer. The bar offers the crazy and unique promotions every month that are enjoyed by both men and women. One previous deal offered free drinks every night to women between 30 and 40. Let me just say this. You guys know I'm going with this. Could you imagine? I just, I just, I just, I, I just want you to think for a second. If you took this scenario, brought it to the United States, and flipped it, can you imagine the outrage? See if a club, see if, it's like this. If a club in the United States did this, they'd be like, oh my goodness, good for you, bravo, yes. You know, you know, you know, you're not fat shaming, you know, you're praising this. But if the scenario was flipped and the women who weighed less got more free drinks, my lord. Just, I mean, just think about the outrage. It's like, oh my god, you're fat shaming, you're just saying that they're more valuable. You see what I'm saying here? See, these are the things where it makes, it makes, and and here's what's funny. Here's what's funny when it comes to the whole fat shaming thing. You know, you don't hear, you don't, fat shaming for men is pretty much seen as okay. It's like if you, if it's like this, if you ask a woman, if you ask a woman how much she weighs, it's inappropriate. If you ask a guy how much he weighs, that's fine. And women, when at, when they ask, when they ask about their, when you ask them about their weight, especially, especially in online dating, stuff like that, they will take, they'll do about eight and a half to ten pounds They'll subtract eight and a half to ten pounds off their actual weight. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that I just want you to imagine how different things would be if this guy, I mean, if this club was in America 
and they did the opposite offer. There would be outrage everywhere. Just be like, oh my gosh, cancel this club. Um, they're, what, sizest? Um, they hate, they hate big women. They, you know, they just want, you know, they don't want real women, whatever that actually, whatever that phrase actually means. It's just, it's just, I, I just, I can't stand the double standard. I can't stand it. That's really all I, that's really, this is a really short one. I just, I wanted you guys to just think of, I just wanted you guys to think about something with this. Just, just imagine, just see how this is not really seen as a problem and how it's being praised. But if it were, if it were gone the other way, I mean, could, could, I mean, could someone say that this is, that this is skinny shaming? I mean, couldn't you make that case? You're shaming me because I, because I don't weigh as much. You see, that's the thing. Whatever, whatever, you can always flip and change the scenario. You can change the narrative. You can flip it to make it, to make it affect, to make it affect you and make it seem like you are the victim. I just want you to, I just want you guys to think about that. I, I just, I hate double standards. I know this isn't in the United States. But I can just imagine that if this were in the United States and women were given more, women who weighed less were given more free drinks than bigger women, dear God. I mean, I just, I can't, I, I, I'm not even going to get into what could, what could have possibly happened. Okay. So let's get into this survivor story. All right. So I don't, as you guys know, I don't really watch TV. I'm not really big on it. I don't have the time anyway, but survivor. Um, I, I've watched the show one time. I didn't really care for it. I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not really big on competitions like this. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's just, I'm, it doesn't interest me. Okay. Um, Survivor addresses sexual harassment after contestant accused of inappropriate touching. During the first episode of season 39 of, wow, 39 seasons, my goodness, of Survivor. That's a lot. Contestant Kelly Kim had a conversation with castmate Dan Spillow, asking him to keep his hands to himself. Now, two weeks later, or weeks later, Spillow found himself at the center of misconduct allegations during the show's two-hour episode Wednesday night on CBS. Throughout the season, 48-year-old Spillow, a talent agent from L.A., was shown giving massages, lying on castmates' laps, stroking their hair, and cuddling them while they slept. Multiple castmates complained about the behavior in various episodes and flashbacks throughout Wednesday's episode supported their accusations. While contestants had mentioned feeling uh, uncomfortable, uncomfortable before, the allegations came to the forefront of Wednesday's episode when 29-year-old Kim, an MBA student, opened up to Missy Bird about Spillow's behavior during a lengthy discussion on the beach. Kim said she felt uh, she couldn't adjust the situation directly because it could impact her chances of winning the $1 million prize. It's super upsetting because it's like you can't do anything about it, Kim said during the episode. There are always consequences for standing up. This happens in real life, in work settings, in school. You can't say anything because it's going to affect your upward trajectory. It's going to affect how people look at you. Now, let me comment on this, on what you just said. That is true. If you are going to come out and say that someone did something, you are going to have people who believe you immediately. You're going to have people who immediately disbelieve you. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. And so it's like, yes, it comes with a territory. So when you have, when you have things like, you know, people making allegations, it's just like, oh my gosh, you're shaming the victim. It's like, okay. Like, let's just look at it from both sides. If you have the courage, if you have the courage to come out and say that I did something, which is like potentially, you're, I mean, here's the thing. When we talk about sexual assault, rape, sexual misconduct, these are things that we take in this society very seriously. Like we, like we talk about it as if, you know, 
I mean, no, no, like, no one likes rapists. Like, th- like, there's no club of men who are just sitting around and just like, you know, we really like rape. And, you know, we just really support him. We love it. Okay. We don't, no one supports this. No one likes it. But here's the thing. Whenever you, if you are going to come out and say that, say that somebody did something, yes, you are going to be looked at. That's part of the process. That's part of the journey. Is it hard? Yes. But you have you have to go through with it if you want to if you want to do something about that. You have to. Kim tearfully this back in the article. Kim tearfully opened up to a producer during one of her private confessionals, and the producer interrupted her. A rare fourth wall breaking moment for the competition. You know, if there are issues to the point where things need to happen, come to me and I will make sure that. That it stops. The producer said from behind the camera, I don't want anyone feeling uncomfortable. You know, let, let me, let me just go back for a little bit. When it comes to the, when it comes to the guy who, um, you know, the person who was accused, you realize they are immediately, their upward trajectory is affected. You see what I'm saying? It, it's two sides to the coin. It's not like people just automatically just disbelieve. They just automatically disbelieve the women. See, here's the thing. Here's the problem. We equate questioning. We, or I should say this. We conflate questioning the victim and trying to investigate with just saying that they're lying. And that's not true. In order, when you investigate something, you have to ask questions. You have to have evidence. And it's like, okay. So you're saying they did this. Okay. What time was it? Where were you? What happened? Were you drinking? You know what, you know, lead us through what happened. There's this belief that if you just question the victim, you're against them. We're just trying to investigate. We're just trying to see, we're just trying to see what happens. We're trying to see what happened. It's not that, it's not, it's not that we hate it's not that we are slut shaming them. I hate this mentality that we have about that we have about it. We just, we 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 have to know what happened. If you, it's like this. I see. Here's the thing, and I, I think this is unfortunate, but it's like you have to make things personal to people. For them, for them to you know kind of change their stance, and it's like okay, if you. I, I talk, you know, there are some feminists that I talk to and who say, oh my gosh, you just hate women and just stuff like that. I'm like, listen, if you were accused of something, what would you say? Do you have proof? That is a natural question. That is something that you would just naturally say. It's like, okay. And then they say, well, that's different. It's like, of course it's different because it's you who's being looked at. See, when you're the one pointing the finger, it's easy. Because it's just like, oh, just believe what I say. Don't look at me. Just look at what they did. Listen to me. Believe me. And punish them. Don't don't investigate. Just, just believe me. It's like, no. If you, com- if you commit a crime, or if you... Or if, Say something happens, you just, you just have to investigate everything. You look at all the angles, you look at, you know, you look at witnesses, you know, you know, you just, it's just something that you naturally do. And we, we, we just have to stop conflating, conflating, you know, investigating with disbelieving. You have to go into an investigation neutral. It's like, okay. And here's the thing. People say, you know, a lot of people will sometimes say, well, why would the woman lie? Because people lie. That's just something people do. We all do it. We lie. It's like, it's, there's, there's a, there's a lot of advantages to lying about it. There are. You have people feeling sorry for you. You know, you have people, you know, just supporting you and just stuff like that. You, you know, there's just, there's, there's clout involved. With being a victim. 
People lie. That's just, that, it's just something that people do. People lie for all kinds of reasons. I've lied for stupid reasons. I know people who have lied for stupid reasons. It's just, it's just something that we do. And I gotta say this. Here's the thing. I look at it this way. When it comes time to sentence people, it's like this. If you say, okay, if someone says, okay, you did this. You, 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 you raped me. Okay. It's like, okay. Take the sentence of what that person would get if convicted. If it is, fa- if, if the individual who makes the accusation is lying, they should get the equivalent sentence. Let's say it's 10 years. If you accuse someone of raping you, and it's true, and they get convicted, and all the evidence shows that, they get 10 years. But if you are lying, you get 10 years. It, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's gotta be equal, it's gotta be fair. Because when you, I mean, you are, you are seriously affecting someone's life. This isn't, this isn't the old, oh, you know, they stole my lunch money. This isn't, oh, you know, whatever whatever a small a small little crime would be you know th- this is important stuff and i got to say this man when you when there when there was a crime that happens you have to report it immediately you don't wait you don't wait it's like this when people it's like people talk about you know women um, not wanting to report because they, they fear that they won't be believed. It's like, okay, here's the thing. Yes, that, yes, there, yes, there, there is that part of it where you could be disbelieved. But if a crime has happened and you have the evidence, just go, report it. There are people who wait, you know, days, weeks, months, and then they come forward. If your, if your car got broken into, you don't wait months to go to the police and say, hey, I'd like, I would like to report a crime. Oh yeah, sure, what happened? My, uh, my car was broken into. Oh, okay, well, you know, where was it? When did this happen? Oh, this, ha- this happened three months ago. Excuse me? Yeah, this, ha- this happened three months ago. What? I go back, I go back to the, you know, I go back to the, the whatchamacallit, the show me the evidence episode, where I was talking, where I was talking to the, talking to the lady who was supposedly raped. And, you know, she, pretty much one thing that she, that she talked about was how it took her time to report it. Because she was thinking about it, and it's like, I had to realize kind of what happened. You know, did I like it? You know, what happened? I just, so it took her, it took her time to actually go forward with it. And it's like, okay, no. You got, you come forward, you come forward immediately. And here's the thing. When you just hold on to something and you just, you just wait. I'm going to say this. You, you make your case worse. I'm trying to, I'm trying to speak to potential victims here. Where it's like, if you, it's like you say, you know, you're trying to convince yourself. Here's the thing. When you wait, if you, here's the thing. It feels nice to be believed. It, it is a good feeling. But if you, here's the thing. The longer you hold on to something and you say, okay, this happened, the more time it, the more time that's removed from the incident, you look worse. You look worse. If, if today is Monday, if it happens Monday, 
Report it Monday. Every second, every minute, every hour, every, you know, day that passes, your your credibility lessens. Because it's like, why didn't you come forward before when we could have... Here's the thing. The more time... The more... The more time that passes, the easier it is to get away with the crime. Like, like, let's, like, let's get these people who do this stuff. But you need to come forward. Come forward, bring the evidence, say what happened, and we can go from there. We can, we can get these perpetrators. Let's work together. We're not, we're not against you. Women, we're not against you. We're not, we're not slut shaming you. We're just saying, if this happens, gather all the evidence, immediately come forward. No one likes rapists. I mean, come on, like, let's just, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with the survivor story. You guys pretty much know what happened. It's, it came out, I think this came out like, the story came out like Thursday or Friday. Um, you guys know that there were two people who, you know, exaggerated their claims. And this is the problem. My next op-ed is actually going to be about Me Too. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into details because I want you guys to read it. Read, read it for yourself. But, you know, I, I do talk about how there is mistrust right now between men and women. Men are afraid of false allegations of rape, misconduct, and assault. Women are actually afraid of, you know, being the recipients of those crimes. And here's the thing. We, we, we have to stop. This whole, this Me Too thing is just extremely dangerous. Because, I mean, it's, te- it's tearing us apart. Because being accused is, it's already extremely unlikely, but it's, remember, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And it's like these, these small ins- instances, these are the ones that damage us. In most interactions between men and women, things are fine, things are just dandy. But it's these small things where, it's, you know, these small incidences where, you know, they say, oh, this happened, this happened. It's these, it's these, it's these rare these rare occasions that hurt us. We can't be doing this. It's just it's just not working. Alright. Okay, so that's that. Um I want to get into a story that it doesn't really affect me, but um here we go. Three Norco High volleyball players suspended after posting video with racial slur. So if you guys, so for some of you who don't know, I used to, I actually used to live in Norco. And my family recently moved from Norco this past summer. So I've spent, I spent about eight years in Norco. So Norco will always be a part of me. Um, I love it. It's a great, it's a great city. It's quiet. It's calm. It can get super windy sometimes. But seriously, it's just a great, it's, if you ever just want to, you know, slow down and just take it easy, Norco, Norco is the place to live. It really is. You have great people. Um, I lived on a diverse street. It, 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 it's just really great. Anyway, let's get into the story. This is from uh, the Press Enterprise. Uh, for three Norco high school juniors, Wednesday, November 6th started like any other day. Jenna Myers, Rebecca Kling, and Mackenzie Coley, friends and volleyball teammates, met at the uh, school parking lot five minutes before the bell rang. Then two boys from school started writing words on the windshield of Coley's dusty car. Uh, Myers shot a video of the words and her friends smiling and laughing, apparently reacting to what was scrawled in dust. A racial, uh, we can probably assume that it was, uh, either coon or nigger I, I don't know what the actual word was but anyway that something like that was written and kkk myers then put the video on snapchat which sparked outrage and led to all five students suspension uh the girls missed the cif championship game 
which their team, which their team, they put team in here twice, which their team ended up losing. Now the girls and their family say the incident has been misunderstood and that they have been treated misfairly. Unfairly, I should say. This comes a month after officials at Carter High School in Rialto, I know where that is, uh, which is predominantly black and Hispanic, say Yukaipa High School, Yukaipa High football players who were mostly white hurled racial slurs toward their players. Students' use of racial epithets uh, is worrisome. In a nation where violent white supremacist movements are ascendant, and 58% of Americans say race relations in the United States are bad. In the Norco High incident, the boys involved could not be reached and the Norco Unified School District did not identify them. Um, and just in case you don't know what Norco is, so there's Corona and then, and then North Corona is Norco. So Norco stands for North Corona. So that's why it's Nor- Corona Norco Unified School District. It's pretty much one and the same. So it's just a, and it, Norco is an extension of Corona. The girls' volleyball teammate, Michaela Thomas, who is African-American, was one of the first to see the video and initially thought her friends wrote the offensive words. But even after learning they did not, Thomas said that she was horrified that teammates would laugh at the words, let alone post the episode on social media. It was racist, because in the video, they were pointing at it, laughing and smiling at it like it was funny, she said. If they thought it was wrong, they would have immediately erased it. Here's a thing. And by the way, um, I'm looking at this picture of Michaela. Michaela is, she's pretty. She really is. She's, uh, she's, um, she appears to be mixed. Her father is, uh, her father is black. Her mother is white. So she's, she's very pretty. Um, anyway. But here's the thing. Comedy is subjective. People find certain things funny while others don't. And... This is this is this is just interesting. Um so they didn't so they didn't write the words. And here's the thing, just because you're on the same team doesn't mean that you're friends. That's what you have to understand. Teammates are like coworkers. You just you work together. You work together, you play together, or roommates, you live together. That does not mean that they are your friends. Okay? So, you know, I'm sure Michaela knows this by now, but it's like, you know, don't listen. Just because you're with these people often and you practice with them and you play with them and you travel with them, they're not your friends. They're not. District officials investigated concluding all five students' behavior was unacceptable, said Deputy Superintendent Sam Buenrostro, who added that the boys admittedly, uh, they wrote the words. There is no question. It was racist language, he said. We were aggressive with the consequences because it was important for kids to learn what happened and be held accountable. So the girls were also suspended from the team and they missed the championship game. The school is doing one-on-one counseling in hopes of preventing such incidents. Um, so, Norco High, um, well, here we go. Let me just read this. Um, we take great pride in the teaching, in teaching equity and cultural sensitivity in this school district, he said. At Norco High, the student body is 48.7% Hispanic, 41.1% Caucasian, 2.9% 2.9% Asian and 2.6% African American. 2018-2019 state figures show. So I, you know, I actually lived pretty close to Norco High. Like it was walkable for me. Um. So I've seen I've seen students from Norco High. I never I didn't have any relationship with them because I went to Glendora High School. Um. But yeah, it, you know, it's. And most of the people that you would see were Hispanic and white. Um, I, I rarely saw black, I rarely saw black students near Narco High. Um, the students' punishment was insufficient and not equitable, said Michelle Thomas, Michaela's mother. They barely faced a two-day suspension and sat out one game, she said. 
The sad thing is this type of behavior is status quo for Norco High School. We've seen vehicles fly Confederate flags. Racial divisiveness is normal here. Okay, I can comment on this because I'm, I'm familiar with Norco. I have seen Confederate flags. I've seen American flags. I've seen different types of flags. Here's the thing. Symbols are, symbols are relative. I should, I should say this. Their meaning is relative. Okay. It's like this. If you show someone, it's like this. If you, if I, if I just say, if I say NBA player, immediately, you know, if you, if you know basketball, an NBA player popped into your head, and it's very likely one of the stars popped into your head. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. Certain, certain symbols just mean different things to different people. If you take the Confederate flag, it's like, okay, well, okay, well, that's, that symbolizes racism, slavery, oppression, um, segregation, all of that. Okay? And then, there are people who, if there are some people in the South where they're just, they're, they're fine people, they just say, okay, that is just, that's part of our culture down here. We're not racist, it's just, it's just, there are different values here. We don't think black people are less than. It's just, they, they see it having a different meaning. They see certain figures, confederate figures, where it's like, okay, The point is, symbols are relative. They are. You just you 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 just can't be you just can't be looking at the at it like this. But I do know what she's talking about. Where, you know, uh, flags with Confederate vehicles with Confederate flags. I've seen what she's talking about. I have. Here we go. The three girls said their families paint a different picture. Myers, Coley, and Kling said the video, barely four seconds long, did not tell the whole story. We were actually very upset when the boys started to write those horrible things on the car, Kling said, adding that she was laughing nervously trying to stop the boys from writing, which is what she says was captured on video. And here's the thing about video evidence that I've said multiple times. Videos, when you just take a snapshot of, if you take a video clip, you don't know what happens before, you don't know what happened before the clip, you don't know what happened after the clip. It's just a small segment of time that you're looking at, and you have to judge the situation by that. Coley, who can be, who can also be seen uh, smiling on the video, said the footage doesn't show her running after the boys and trying to stop them from writing the offensive words on her car and other vehicles. I couldn't believe what they were writing, she said. Kling said she pulled out a blanket and wiped the cars, wiped the cars in the minutes after the video was shot. Meyer said her intent was to document the incident. Um, it's absolutely my fault I sent the video out, she said. I didn't realize it would be offensive to people, and I've apologized many times over the last few days for that. All three girls say, say said they are not racist, and participated in a two-hour conversation with volleyball teammates, a counselor, and their coach and athletic director. Oh, yes. Here's the thing, you know, you can't prove racism. You can't. Because, because it's, it's relative. You can't point to one act and say, oh, that's racist. My next story with Will I Am, you know, he's like, oh, this person, you know, this flight attendant looked, just singled out people of color. So she's racist. It's like, well, you can, from her eyes, it's a different point of view. No, I mean, I mean, let's be real, let's be real. How many people, how many people would actually label themselves as racist? If you asked a hundred people, are you racist? How many yeses are you going to get? I mean, I mean, seriously, no one is going to consider themselves racist. So, I mean, just asking them, asking someone, are you racist? That is a stupid question. Because the answer the, the answer that you're going to receive is very likely, no, I'm not racist. 
I mean, what, what, what do you think? What do you think they're going to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm huge. I mean, I'm a racist. I'm a sexist. I'm a homophobe. You know, I'm a sexual pervert. I'm just all of these things. No one's going to say those things. You don't want to say that. That's, that's just not something that you would say. Back in the article, we were finally able to tell our side of the story, Kling said, but some, but some did not believe us. Of course, they just looked at us with disgust. The girls got the silent treatment from several teammates who would not high-five or touch them during a Tuesday, November 12th game in Marietta. I know where that is too. Michaela Thomas said she told the girls they were privileged and believes it was wrong to let them return to the team so quickly. I can't accept their apology, she said. They faced harsher, they should have faced harsher punishment. They are on a team with two black girls. They should have known better. That, that's a terrible argument. What if there were no black, see, what? That has nothing to do with anything. They are on a team with two black girls. So, okay, if the punishment, this, this I mean, this is, this, okay. Okay. I kind of see where she's coming from, but it's just a bad argument. They should have faced harsher punishment. They are on a team with two black girls. The number of black people on the team doesn't matter. Zero, one, eight. I mean, a, a volleyball team is what? Twelve people? Twelve? Because you have because you play with six, and then you have other, another six, maybe like twelve to fourteen people on a volleyball team. All 14 could have been black. The number the number of black girls doesn't matter. She says they should have known better. They should have known that it affects not just their teammates but their entire community. Cole said she does not believe she is privileged because just because she is white. Her friends agreed. I agree. I I don't think there's such a thing as white privilege. I don't cuz I mean I mean, here's the thing. When I when I hear people say, whenever I hear people say white privilege, I always ask them, "What does that mean?" If a white person has privilege, what what does that mean? Because I mean, could you say could you say that anyone who lives in the United States has U.S. privilege? Because, I mean, our lives are better off than a lot of other people's. It really is. I mean, I mean, just because you're white doesn't mean you have privilege. There's poor people from all races. Um, These kids are victims too, said Mike Myers, Jenna's father. No one has asked them how they are doing. They are being bullied and ostracized in school. They have been treated harshly and unfairly. Multiple, there's you know multiple sides to every story, man. I, and I just added that last part back in the back in the article. When such an incident occurs on campus, and it's it is important to change the culture of that place. Um. But anyway, I, you know I could keep going on this. I could keep going on this. And I, and I but hold on, I, I got to read this last this last paragraph to you guys. Facilitating reconciliation in such situations is not a job for counselors, but trained mediators. From the outside, said Terrence Fitzgerald, clinical associate professor of social work at the University of Southern California, or USC as some of you guys might know it. The N-word should never be acceptable anywhere despite the common excuse that it's using rap music, he said. And here's what I'm saying. You know, we, we have this, we have these different See, this this goes back to the double standards that I was talking about earlier. You can fill a rap song with saying the word nigga 50 times. And it's seen as okay. But then if you just say in regular conversation, it's not okay. Unless you're a black person. Personally, personally, I don't care who says the word. I really don't care. The words that word has been around a long time. Okay, I mean, if you take offense to it, that's your problem. Are there better words that could be used? Yes. 
I mean, I mean, it's, it's, we, we just have these different standards. It's like, it's okay to use it here, but you can't use it here. We, we, we gotta, we gotta take our pick. We gotta take our pick. Are we just gonna get rid of the word totally? I mean, can you only say certain, it's like this. It's like you're censoring speech for certain groups. You can't say, it's like, like when black people will sometimes say, you can't say the N word because you don't, you're not black. What? Like, 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 that's stupid. You're, you're, you're going, you're going to control, you're going to, you're going, you are going to control what I say. I, I can say, I can say whatever I want, but because you feel I don't, because I don't identify with this certain group, I can't use that word that is used in that circle. It's ridiculous. But I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to these girls. Um, I think Norco High is going to get through this. Um, you know, it, it's just that's the that's the problem with that's the problem with. Um, and you know, now that I'm, I gotta say this. Now that I'm looking at Michaela Thomas. She looks very familiar. Like, I, I've, it's very likely that I've seen her around when I used to live in Norco. Anyway, but whatever. But anyway, you know, there's multiple sides to every story. There is. These girls could be telling, these girls that were suspended could be telling the truth. And here's the thing. You know, Michaela Thomas is saying that they should have gotten a harder punishment. How, like, what, like, like, what should, like, should they have gotten three-day suspension? A week suspension? I mean, I mean, what? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say this. People say the word nigga all the time. I hear it everywhere I go. Seriously. Everywhere I go. And it's like, I like, personally, personally, I hate that we just try to pretend, I hate that we try to pretend that we seriously care about this word and we care about other people saying it. When we hear it, we hear it all the time. It's normal. But then it's like, it's, it's seen on social media and it's posted. And I look at, I look at it this way of like, of all the things that you could post, why would you post that? I mean, you, you have to know that in this climate that we have, you're likely to get in trouble for that. I, I don't know. I just, I just I don't think that they were really thinking. Anyway, you know, it, it's just it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Um, let's see. You know, let's see where Norco High goes from here. Um, wow, she really she really looks familiar. I I've probably seen her before. I like a grocery store or something like that. I don't know. Um, anyway, that's that. Let's get to Will I Am and let's, uh, get out of here. Okay, so artist Will I Am accuses, I want to say it's pronounced Contas, uh, Q-A-N-T-A-S, flight attendant of racism. Okay, this is from BBC.com. The Black Eyed Peas band frontman tweeted that he was singled out when he missed a plane announcement to put his laptop away. Um, Contest issued a statement denying that the allegation. There was a misunderstanding on board, which seems to have been exacerbated by Will I Am wearing noise-canceling headphones and not being able to hear instructions from crew. A spokeswoman said, "We'll be following up with Will I Am and wish him well for the rest of his tour, for the rest of the tour." Now, I'm going to say this: um, in a year, I fly about, I fly about four, four times a year. I fly about four times a year. And I'm going to say this, every time I go on the plane, it is very common for people to just have their headphones on. And when you have your headphones on or your earphones in, or you're doing your own thing, when you, when people, when the flight attendants are doing their thing, no one is really paying attention to them. Like, like, seriously, it's just not really a thing. You just, you have your earphones in, you have your, 
headphones on. You're just kind of doing your thing. And it's it's whatever. And it's just it's just something that's very that's very common to have to have your headphones on. Um I've done I've done it myself. Or like you know it, it it is what it is. Okay. Um Sharing his story with his twelve point eight million Twitter followers, Will I am retweeted. I'm sorry to say me and my group um, have experienced the worst service due to an overly aggressive flight attendant. Um, I don't want to believe she racist, but she has clearly aimed all her frustrations only at the people of color. After the plane landed, the singer was met by police at Sydney Airport on Saturday. In subsequent tweets, he added, I was intimidated by five... See, well, I am. Here's the problem... I was intimidated by five police when I landed. For what? See, here's what I'm saying. People will always try to paint themselves as being the victim. Whenever there's a situation, people immediately want to just be believed. People immediately just want to be accepted. And it's just like, okay, look at it from my point of view. Look, Like, look at it from my point of view. Police weren't trying to intimidate him. I mean, if, if you feel, if I mean, if you feel, well, I am. If you feel that you were being intimidated, that's your problem. Remember, offense is taken. It's not given. If there were five police officers who came up to me, I'd be like, okay, this is kind of different. Let's see what's going on here. It's on me if I, if I feel intimidated. Uh, his tweet says, I was intimidated by five police officers when I landed. Ellipses. For what? Uh, black, black guy emoji with uh, the shrug. I put away my laptop when she asked. Ellipses. Why would she feel threatened by me to call the police? Question mark. What did I do wrong? Question mark. I wasn't out of hand. Period, period. I was polite and sign. Uh, did what she asked. Ellipses. Now you're asking me to take abuse. In his tweets, the star named the attendant involved in the row and shared an image of her and in an Australian federal police officer. Um, a passenger who, who said she was on board the flight backed the star's account. I was on the same flight and couldn't believe the appalling behavior of the flight attendant. My apologies on behalf of Australia. But Will I Am was criticized by others for naming Contas employees to his followers. Um, the singer would later tweet urging followers not to target the woman. Will I am is currently on tour in Australia. Can't believe this guy's actually on tour. Like I didn't, I didn't even know he made music anymore. Anyway, you know, victimhood is very interesting. Here's the thing: we don't know all the details about this, but you know, I, I just got to be real here, man. There's multiple sides to every story. And it's like, it's like most people, most people just, most people want to go about their day problem free. They do. Most people just want to do their thing and get home. That, that's how, that's how it is. So when he says, I'm not trying to accuse her of being, you know, I'm not trying to say she's a racist, but she, Pretty much only targeted people of color. I mean, I don't. I mean, I just don't know what he means when he says target. Like that's the see that's the hard part about this. I think what we have to do before we have before we know everything that happened, we have to get the facts first. That's the most important thing. We can't just go out and just look at this person and say, "Oh, we side with this person or we side with this person." No, that's why we investigate. That's why we look to see what actually happened. We look to see what actually took place. We don't just side with someone just because we like them. You know, you don't just side with someone. I remember I was talking to this, um, to this girl, uh, like we, like we weren't talking, like it was just a conversation. And she was talking to me about her boyfriend and how they were in the mall one day and she got into a little bit of an argument with this, uh, with this other girl and her boyfriend wasn't there 
I think I've shared this story before with you guys. And um, he like came over in the middle of it and they were already arguing. He's like, oh, what's going on? Like, is everything okay? And so his girlfriend told him her side. And then the other girl said her side. And then, um, you know, the boyfriend did the right thing and did not side with either of them. And she got mad at him, and she said that, like, she went, she gave him this, the silent treatment for, like, the, the weekend. Cause I guess it happened on, like, a Friday, and she didn't, she didn't talk to him the rest of the day, Sunday or, I mean, Saturday or Sunday. And we talked on that, uh, Monday or Tuesday, and she was telling me about it, and she was like, she was like, I can't believe he did that to me. And I was like, well, what did you want him to do? And she's like, as if she were shocked, she said, well, he should side with me. And I said, why should he side with you? And she said, because I'm his girlfriend. And I said, but he didn't see the situation. He wasn't there. And she said, but that shouldn't matter. And I said, listen, what if it was the other way around? What if her boy, what if your boyfriend wasn't there? Her boyfriend came and he, and he just automatically sided with his girlfriend. She said, well, that's not fair because he wasn't there. And I said, you see what I'm saying? And she went quiet for a little bit. And I said, that's just what happens. Don't just side with people just because you have a relationship with them. It's like, here's the thing. If you don't know, you can't pick, you can't pick a side. You, you, like, you can't because you don't know. People say, oh, you showed loyalty. And it's like, okay, first of all, I don't really know what's going on here. Like, what happened? Let me get all store, let me get all the sides from all the different people and then let me decide. What I'm going to do. You know, you know, I think I've always thought it was stupid that, you know, you know, husbands just side with their wives or wives just side with their husbands just because they're married to each other. Now, marriage is extremely important. But if you did not see a situation happen, you don't have a say. You don't have a say. You're just like, oh, my, my husband or my wife wouldn't lie. First of all, that's a lie in itself. But anyway, you know. Just remember, there's multiple sides to every story. And be careful with victimhood, okay? Don't just, don't just go with it. Don't just take it. Don't just believe it and just, you know, people, remember, people want you on their side. People want you to believe them. So they're going to paint the situation to make themselves seem like the victim or the good guy. And they're going to paint whoever is the party that's going against them as the bad guy. Just be careful about that.